Welcome to Kitsa Bekitsa. We're up to Simon Kuflamid Hey, the halachas of living in a sukkah. Sif Tess. Here the Kitsa tells us that when it rains, you are potter from sitting in the sukkah. But how much rain potters you? So, if so much rain fell to the point that if there was some food on the table, a dish on the table, it would be ruined. The Mishabura says this is talking about even a dish that's ruined by a little bit of Even if that dish isn't actually there and it's not physically getting ruined. Or if you can assess that... If that amount of water fell in the room in his house, he would move to another room. Then you're allowed to leave. And Mr. Burrow points out that if it's not raining in the part of the sukkah where he's sitting, he's not allowed to leave, and he could even make a leshiva sukkah there. Unless he's unusually sensitive, he's very bothered by even that small amount of rain, then he can leave the sukkah. If the sensitive person stays in the sukkah, even when you know it's raining a little bit but it's bothering him, he should not make a leshiva sukkah. If he started eating the food in the sukkah, and then it starts raining, he goes in the house... He starts sitting in the house. Or if it started raining originally and he started his meal in the house and then it stopped raining and he's allowed to finish his meal in the house. He's not high to go back in the middle of the suda to finish it in the sukkah. So too, if it's very cold outside and you know the food is becoming frozen and congealed, that'll pot through summer from eating in the sukkah and he's allowed to eat in the house. Sharazin points out that he's allowed to leave the sukkah only when it's cold to the point in the Suda, where they would be eating those foods that are affected by the cold. But when he's still up to Hamoitzi and is just having Chala, he has to eat that in the Sukkah. If a person himself is not cold, he's still Pater, if it's that level of cold. If someone left the Sukkah because the food is getting congealed, and he, he doesn't have to come back until he finishes his meal. I mean, he finishes the, the, the meal with those with food items that would not be affected by the... If you could bring out a tray of warm water to keep the food from congealing, then he should do that and then stay in the sukkah. The Mishabura adds that, you know, if it's very hot or if there are insects in the sukkah, that could also matter someone to leave the sukkah, even if personally he's not affected by those conditions. Next, the Kitsa tells us when it comes to sleeping in the sukkah regarding rain, even if, a, if it rains even a tiny bit, that's going to ruin his sleep, and he's allowed to leave the sukkah. If he left the sukkah because of the rain, and he goes to sleep in his house, then the rain stops. Or if he originally went to sleep in his house because it was raining, and then the rain stopped, he does not have to go back to the sukkah. He can continue sleeping in the house. Even if he woke up in the middle of the night, he doesn't need to go back to the sukkah until the morning, says the Mishnah Bura. Since right now he's putter, he got his putter, he doesn't have to go back out. Next, it says that when someone is putter from being in the sukkah, because it's raining, he says, Tsar and he doesn't leave, he's called a hedyot. Look, you're not supposed to be here now. And he doesn't get schar for it. Bir Lacha says that this, this is talking about someone who is in the sukkah and has to leave because of tsar. But if he is not going back to the sukkah even after it rained, there he can go back and he would get schar since it's not a tsar situation in there anymore. He would not be allowed to make a bracha if he goes in there, if he, if he stays in the sukkah while it's raining. Because that's a bracha levatala. There's no mitzvah sukkah now. When someone leaves the sukkah because it's raining, he should not kick the sukkah on the way out. He shouldn't demean the sukkah. He should go out with a, with a sense of achna, of submission, like a servant whose master pours back uh, a pitcher of wine into his face, or pours it out in front of his face. We're trying to do the mitzvah of sukkah, and the Baruch Shalom kicked us out. Next, the kitchen says that it is our minug that we do not make the bracha of leshiva sukkah unless we are eating bekavua in the sukkah. First we make hamoitzi, then we make a leshiva sukkah. Before you eat the bread, but before you eat the bread, you make the leshiva sukkah. 
And then everything else that you're going to be eating in the sukkah that day, anything that you're going to be doing in the sukkah, even sleeping there, is pottered in that bracha of Leisheba sukkah by the Suda. Until he sits down for another Achilas Keva, he does not make another Leisheba sukkah. It's definitely a mitzvah. And some holy you should make a bracha. So if you are going to be spending a lot of time, you want to be yoyed to that, shita, bikovei asuda as well. Bring something to eat. That will be machai for you to make a bracha of leshev. If he does do this, you know, he sits down with his mezoinus, and then later in that same sitting, he decides, you know, it's time for the suda. He's not going to make a leshev by the suda since he's, he already made one on that mezoinus before when he was hanging out there. If someone doesn't leave the sukkah to go take care of his own business or to go to the bathroom or to go to shul, between each suda, that first bracha on the first suda, if he wasn't mafsik, will cover the second suda. Technically, someone could go on the first day of Yom Tif, make his lay shave. If he's not mafsik, he doesn't leave for the entire seven days. He ate, learned, daven, slept in the sukkah with everything. doesn't need to make another bracha since he did not have hesachadas from his first, first bracha from the sukkah. And even if he goes out temporarily, and he's thinking, okay, I'm going to run out for a minute. I'm coming, coming right back in. I'm just going to go bring out the melon. That's not considered hesachadas, and he would not me- need to make a second bracha on the next suda unless he goes out to take care of his asokov or to go to shul, something like that. Even if he goes into the house to learn or to take care of anything that would take some time, that would be hesachadas, and then when he comes back in for the second suda, he will make a new bracha. Sharetian says, if someone's in the middle of a suda and he runs out to Dav Minchor Mariv, when he comes back and he does not make another Leishev Basoka. Sharetian says, it's best not to leave the suda in the middle to go visit another sukkah, even if you had in mind when you originally made the bracha, oh, I'm going to hop over to that sukkah in the middle. He should not make another bracha of Leishev when he comes back, but there's a suffix to that. So, so, so don't leave in the middle of your suda. Similarly, Moshe says, you should make a berchas ha'amazim before leaving the sukkah, and when he originally makes the leishabah sukkah, he should have in mind that that bracha should only cover his own sukkah. So this way, when he leaves in the middle to go to a different one, the berchas ha'amazim will make a hefsik, and his leishabah sukkah will stop when he leaves the sukkah, so he can make another one when he gets there. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.